Hi everyone, this is Katherine Adams and Elizabeth Wallace with special guest Nathan Adams. And what we're going to do right now is a very quick bonus episode of Binary System Podcast number six. We just got back from the Welcome to Night Vale panel at San Diego Comic Con 2015, where they were talking about the Welcome to Night Vale book. Yay! <laughs> Which is supposed to come out, I think it's October 20th? October 20th. You got it. You got it. Yeah, very exciting. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. And one thing they did for this was at the end of the panel, they handed everybody a Welcome to Night Vale sampler. Yes. And I took a look at it. It's the first few chapters of the book. Yeah. And let me tell you, it's really good. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the panel a little bit and what we got to see and what we got to hear. And then at the very end of the episode, we are going to actually read to you the intro of the book and the first couple paragraphs from this little sampler. So one of the things was we spent the day at Comic-Con and we actually at the very last minute got to go to the Star Wars Hall H panel, which we'll totally talk about later. But Nathan was not in that panel with us and we get out and we have like 45 minutes to get from one end of the convention center to the other. And thank God Nathan was there early because he got in line for the Night Vale panel and was told by the very nice line coordinators that he was the last person in line. And he thought to mention to them, I'm waiting for two other people. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, yeah, that was good thinking there because they, I don't think they would have let us in that line otherwise. No, no. Well, I don't know. Well, it ended up not, it ended up wouldn't have made any difference anyway. Because yeah, yeah. they had more seating than they thought they had. And by the time we all got in, they ended up letting everybody that they had told might not be able to get in, in yeah. as well. So yeah. it's true. You know, but, but at the uh, same time, the line coordinators were really nice about it. And they were nice about it because I think we were nice to them. We were like, we are not going to be ugly if you tell us we can't get into this. We just really like to get into this. Yes, yeah, kudos to the staff at the San Diego Convention Center for being patient and understanding yeah yeah they're very very cool very very they, nice even people. with the few people who tried to sneak inside the line they were not nasty to them which no. i probably would have been if i'd been on my feet and working at san diego comic-con all day oh, trying God, to get yes. people to stand in line properly yeah. so at the panel we had hal loveland you all know hal loveland from many other things including the voice of Steve Carlsberg. Yep. He got actually a lot of like an equal amount of yays and boos when he introduced himself. It's kind of hard because there isn't really a boo response. It's just basically Cecil going, Steve Carlsberg. Yeah, yeah it was fun. And, uh, and in addition, of course, we had uh, Jeffrey Craner and Joseph Fink. And they were, they were really, really cool. Both of them were. Actually, all three of them were awesome for the entire panel. Yeah. And they uh, they started out with just a brief introduction of the book. And the book is going to be an entirely brand new story. Yes. And it's going to be a chance for them to explore a little bit more of Night Vale that you normally don't get to see because... Welcome to Night Vale has always been from Cecil's point of view, except for, you know, a few uh, bonus episodes or whatever. So this is actually going to be, the book's going to be told in the third person, and it's going to cover a whole bunch of new characters and explore a few old characters. And apparently it's going to have one big reveal of one of the larger mysteries in Night Vale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, of course... We're very careful with a lot of secrets, though at one point someone was asking like about the book and Hal kept on joking about spoilers. And, you know, I think it was Joseph Fink who said that there were a lot of numbers and letters and words on pages and everybody in the audience was like, oh, 
Spoilers, God. How though? He did. He had the best reveal at one point. I think someone had asked him a specific question about the book, and he like responded and said, "Well, you know what? We'll just go ahead and read the whole thing right here out loud from now on." Everyone just like, "Yay!" But no, he didn't do that. He said. I'll just uh, read a little from the end. And of course, there's that automatic of, no, no, no Don't spoilers. Spoil yeah, he read the publishing information on the very packed page. <laughs> Including so. the ISBN, so yeah. that was nice. Yeah. <laughs> but he did say that they had just completed the audiobook version of it. Yes, so. exactly. Read aloud by our, our dear, dear Cecil. So he'll have read that. So that's really wonderful. So now I'm just going to have to buy both. I mean, I haven't pre-ordered the book yet. And now I'm going to have to pre-order the book and, and the, the audio version, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But they pretty much opened it up to questions almost immediately, and this huge line of people immediately jump up, and everyone was very cool. How I had said something about now. Remember, a question should begin with a W. It sometimes begins with an H, and it never begins with an I. And I'm just like, everybody's like parsing that in their heads, like, what? Wait a minute, hey. But he was really. How was really harassing people in the line? It was very funny. Yeah. You could tell that they were laughing the whole time he oh, was yeah. doing that to them. Exactly. But. Like one person got up and he started to say something. He goes, oh, they didn't start with a W. And the guy kind of backs and fills and says something and then goes, all right, so I want to be brief with this question. And Hal's like, oh, you already failed. <laughs> yeah, he was, I think he was more of a character than either uh, Jeffrey Craner or Joseph Fink. Oh, yeah. Because he really seemed to enjoy being the moderator on this particular oh, yeah, one. yeah, exactly. Like somebody had said... The question was about tertiary characters and do you create them with a backstory already made or do they end up developing a backstory? And Joseph Fink and Jeffrey Craner were like, well, give us an example. And then Hal's like glaring at her like, yeah, get this one right. Because, of course, the <laughs> Hal voice of Steve Carlberg and everything. It was really kind of a hilarious because she sort of was dancing around the subject and mentioning like a certain character would come in at one point who might be related to someone else and Hal's like, say the name, say the name. <laughs> <laughs> I think there were a lot of awfully good questions. I mean, that one about whether you always know, you know, the character's backstory. Yeah, and I yeah. think it was Joseph Fink who said... In just about every instance, no. No. When a character comes in for the story, it's because they needed, they have a story to tell. They needed somebody to come in to do the action or whatever. They know the character exists, but that's pretty much it. And he liked, he liked being able to go back and retroactively make up their backstory. Yes, yes. He listens to old episodes and finds things. One thing he pointed out specifically was in a lot of times when an actor is brought in to play a certain character, the actor can be what determines that character coming back for more. Hal Lublin is a perfect example of that. Apparently at the live show he had his character had one line and the only thing that was really known about him is he's Steve Carlsberg, one of the most hated people on Night Vale. And Hal apparently delivered his lines and was so likable that they really wanted to sort of explore that character and find out what makes the most hated person in Night Vale such a likable guy. Yeah. And uh, Hal Loveland also apparently was just adamant that there was no one else who's going to be allowed to play yeah. Steve Carlsberg. He had to do it. He apparently said, he was up in the front and he said, I came to them and I said, please, you can't let anyone else play this character. And Joseph thinks like, I don't think you actually said the word please. <laughs> And then they reminded the, uh, them that it was there were people under eighteen years old in the audience, yeah. and apparently this place took place at a. Well, they kept saying bar. I'm thinking it was a strip club. But, oh, you know, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. They kept on saying it was at a at a bar, and that 
the exact thing that happens was Hal walked up to them and said, this character is mine. And so that's <laughs> apparently they said for aspiring actors out there, that's how you get roles. You just demand it. And that was actually how Maureen, I can't remember the voice actress's full name. Yeah. yeah. But she's the person who plays, of course, Maureen. Uh, when she died, she campaigned to have the character brought back to life. Yes. Yes. But that was not the original plan. So no. I thought no. that was very interesting. And you know, a little interesting tidbit that we found out. Meg, who gives the proverb at the very end of every episode, that's actually Joseph Fink's wife. I had no idea. That's that's very neat. I like that. That's very cool. I, I love the fact that they talked about the one of the reasons why they did turn this into an ongoing podcast and then turned it into live shows was based on the talent that they're working with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're surrounded by talented people. And once you have that kind of confidence in a group of actors to know that you can go ahead and do something live like that, it's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah, though. exactly. Another thing that we found out, someone asked a really good question. They wanted to know how do they manage to bring the creepy so well? What do they do to make things creepy? And Joseph Fink made the comment. He said, well, I find that life is endlessly terrifying. And Kath and I were actually in there going, t-shirt moment! Yes. <laughs> that, that needs to be put on a t-shirt yes, right away. Absolutely. But then he expanded on that a little bit. He talked about the trick to something being creepy. Yeah, it's basically, it's an ordinary situation where just one element is off. Yeah. And it, it just all, that, that suddenly makes it Inherently creepy. Yeah, he made the comment about you can have like this normal city, this normal house, this normal area, and there's a child standing in the parking lot wearing a plaster mask. And he's like, that is not correct. So <laughs> that's how he described how he, that's the trick he has to creepiness. And I'm like, I want to try that. I want to write something and, and just see if you can make it creepy quite that well, because they really do a good job And that. Well, that was something that I found out when we were stuck on board a plane waiting to get to Cincinnati, and I was sitting there listening to Welcome to Night Vale, the condos episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. And just to pass the time, just start randomly replacing words in the security briefing with the word spider. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> Please take a moment to identify the nearest spider, keeping in mind that the nearest spider may be behind you. <laughs> It's just so awesome. What she's not admitting is she was also doing that to keep her husband from losing his mind and uh, <laughs> going insane while we were waiting on an airplane for many, many hours. Many, but that's another story. Yeah, that was a long time on board that plane. Oh I, I really owed to Night Vale that kept me sane so I could keep other people sane. <laughs> nice how that works. Night yeah. Vale actually keeping people sane instead of driving them more insane. <laughs> they'd be happy with either way. They'd yeah, totally either fine. one, either one. So. Yeah. And just so that anybody is curious, there's been a lot of word about the Night Vale novel and that it's not necessarily going to be like all of the characters that we know best, but they've kind of been dancing around that. But someone did ask the question. They're like, are we going to see any of the characters that we know? Are we going to recognize anyone? Yes, there will be plenty of characters from Night Vale that you know and love. It is going to be different, though. And they, of course, won't give us any more information that someone did ask, what's the time period that it's taking place? And the answer is basically the present. present. Now, yeah. she tried to get it a little bit more uh, specific, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, is it July or October? Right. They exactly. had to back off on that. Like, no, it's where this doesn't matter the specific time, but it's basically going to reflect a lot of the stuff that's happening now in that time period yeah but just not specific storylines i don't think i think she wanted to find out is this when carlos has come back from the or is he still in the desert other world by the time this happens but and that it, it's another comparison with 
the live shows. Yeah. Because yeah. someone wanted to know, you know, how do you walk that line when you're writing a book and it's got to be about an established time period, but, you know, at the same time, that time period is continuing to move on. Yeah. Same for the novel as for the live show. You want something that will attract all of the fans of the show as it is now and still be able to stand on, on its own and interest new people. Yes, and they have pointed that out a lot, that this book does not necessarily have to be read by only Night Vale fans. They have written this book so that people who are new to the fandom will actually appreciate it as well. So that's really, I like that. That's very good. So they were all just, I mean, so entertaining they to really watch were. them. And the way they were, like, Hal was trying to get every single person who had asked, to, who wanted to ask a question. Yes. To get that question asked before the end of the hour. Yeah, and they, he was calling time. He was like, we got 20 minutes. We got to, well, I want to get every. He wasn't saying, you know, I'm only going to be able to take so many questions. He was like, no, 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 you've got to just hurry it up. We've got to go faster, faster, must go faster. But so the questions got shorter and shorter and the answers got shorter and shorter. One person got up and asked a question, will we get more on the hooded figures? And Joseph Fink said, yes. And then that was it. Al Hublin was like, all right, that's it. Next question. Thank you very much. Let's and go the next on. question was from a hooded figure. Yeah, that would be really, it was, it really was, it wasn't was, it? It was, it was a, hooded a hooded figure. figure. <laughs> <laughs> Someone in a hoodie, but still it was a hooded figure. Yeah. It counts. Yes. Yeah. And then another person asked a question, if you were to wake up in Night Vale, what do you think would happen to yourself? And Joseph Fink said, I need probably die and Hal said that's a good question thanks for your question next question please <laughs> moving him right on along <laughs> one person said what is your favorite side character and Hal is glaring at them and they're like oh well you know I mean I'm sure it's and he's like Steve it's Steve it's Steve but to be completely fair Jeffrey Craner said that he honestly really likes all of the characters, but he enjoys writing for Dana and Pamela Winchell. So I thought that was really kind of fun. Joseph Fink said he honestly does like writing Steve Carlsberg, but he really gets a kick out of writing Kevin, that really different point of view. I think it's what he likes. Anyone who talks has a different way of speaking from all the other normal characters. Yeah. He really likes that. And that would certainly be Kevin. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But probably... What was so awesome, the last guy gets up there and Hal says, all right, it's going to be 20 seconds. You've got 10 seconds to ask a question and they've got 10 seconds to answer. Go. And the guy said, can I touch the book? <laughs> <laughs> and Hal just holds it up. The whole audience is just kind of doing like a little polite applause at this point. Hal holds it up and he's like, hold your hand up. Don't make a claw. Hold your hand up. And the guy holds his hand out and Hal like thumps the book in his hand and the guy like jumps up with the fists up in the air and the whole audience just breaks out into applause it was awesome it, perfect and that was the end it was the perfect way to end the question and answer <coughs> session yeah. just, just really just the, you could not have picked a better question for that so, and the fact that the guy reacted so well yeah he really did everybody was just wonderful the victory lap around the room at that point so very very neat but then we're going to finish this up and we're just going to read the intro and the first uh, couple paragraphs of the sample that they gave us to the Night Vale book because we thought that would be a fun way to, to wrap this one up. So I think Elizabeth can do the intro. Yes. So the intro of the book is... The history of the town of Nightvale is long and complicated, reaching back thousands of years to the earliest indigenous people in the desert. We will cover none of it here. Suffice it to say, it is a town like many towns, with a city hall and a bowling alley, the Desert Flower Bowling Alley and Arcade Fun Complex, and a diner, the Moonlight All Night Diner, and a supermarket, Ralph's, and of course, a community radio station reporting all the news that we are allowed to hear. On all sides, it is surrounded by empty desert flatness. 
It is much like your town, perhaps. It might be more like your town than you'd like to admit. It is a friendly desert community where the sun is hot, the moon is beautiful, and mysterious lights pass overhead while we all pretend to sleep. Welcome to Night Vale. That's, that's the intro. That's and remember, this is meant for people who haven't ever listened to the show as well. Yeah, and I yeah. think that would intrigue me if yeah. I started out with <laughs> yeah, that. Definitely, yeah. But, uh, okay, and the first few ch- uh, paragraphs of the first chapter. Pawn shops in Nightvale work like this. First, you need an item to pawn. To get this, you need a lot of time behind you, years spent living and existing, until you've reached a point where you believe that you exist, and that a physical item exists, and that the concept of ownership exists, and that, improbable as all those are, these absurd beliefs line up in a way that results in you owning an item. Good job. Nicely done. Second, once you believe you own an item, you must reach a point where you need money more than you need the item. This is the easiest step. Just own an item and own a body with needs and wait. <laughs> it's going to be so good. It's going to be it really, really good. is. And I, it was great to meet uh, fans, other fans today, while we, we were all standing around in line for ages. Yes. Yeah. We, we talked to some really, I mean, the two people that we talked to were the line guards, the line people. Those uh, two women, they were really lovely and wonderful, but they were not really necessarily Night Vale fans, but they were very pleasant. Yep. And they did say it sounded intriguing when we all tried to come up with explanations for what the heck Night yes, Vale was. Exactly. Like, it's like um, Lake Wobegon days. Yes. Or, yeah. Prairie Home Companion in the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Yes, that works Prairie too. Home Companion with a lot of acid. That was another one that yes, came up. Yes, and then, of course, our favorite one, which we've heard, is if if Stephen King and Neil Gaiman started a game of Sims and left it run forever. I love that's That's one of my favorite ones. That's great. But then we started just talking to people in line, uh, talked to two gentlemen who were standing next to us who were really very, they were very nice people. They were really, they we were, were sitting they, behind well, they them. Were, they were frankly adorable. Yeah, I they think. really were. <laughs> and I think one of them was there because the other one had actually roped him into the Night Vale fandom, which was really lovely. And we're just chatting with people and talking about various things. And then the line gets moving and we hadn't been sure that we were all going to get in. We were kind of worried that some of us at the end might not make it. And when we actually realized that we were going to get in, we were all actually saying, we've been spared but from the sphere. So that was <laughs> that's one thing that's always fun is getting together with a room full of people that all get the same jokes. Yes, yes. a lot of people saying, you know, all hail the glow cloud. All, all hail. hail. <laughs> it's really, really, really fun. We had a great time. It was really wonderful. So looking forward to the book coming out. I so am. And are they... I think they're still doing that Tumblr party at around 2 o'clock tomorrow, maybe. I think so, yeah. yeah. We're going to have so to go check Have to out, try to check that out and figure out where that's going on and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what's going to happen and meet more people who get the same jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool. It's going to be good. But definitely, thanks for listening, you guys. Please send us all of your Night Vale fan art. We love it. Actually, send us any fan art because we're branching out. You know, we, we really are, yes. So the Binary System Podcast will accept fan art of all kinds. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's probably a dangerous thing to say. There's some odd fan art out yeah, there. You've opened yourself up to a world of hurt. There. <laughs> no, it can't be much worse than deviant art, man. Oh, my childhood icons. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, we will talk to you guys in one week. Talk to y'all later.